Hello, I'm Paula Fanous and welcome to Formidables, a podcast series speaking from the heart of Western Sydney. In this podcast, I'll introduce you to amazing artists, young and old, who share with us about their creative careers. We are broadcasting from Darug country, so we pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome, Anna. Welcome, Richie. It's really, really good to be here with you. It's really good to speak to you. I know that Anna's speaking from Japan. Uh, Richie, where are you speaking from? Um, I'm speaking from the Gadigal land, um, Surrey Hills. Wonderful, wonderful. And I'm speaking from Yorta Yorta land in Echuca in regional Victoria. So we have two very wonderful contemporary Japanese dance artists with us today. Uh, and so could I just ask you both to introduce yourselves, um, tell us what dance form you dance in and, and what you love about it. I am Ryuichi Fujimura, originally from Japan. Um, I'm a dancer performer. Um, if anything, I guess my dance style is uh, contemporary. Yeah. And I love creating work, performing with others, usually in ensemble environment. Uh, I am Anna Kuroda and my dance is contemporary dance and uh, what I love about uh, is also making dance and also working with different kinds of artists so architecture art designers light writing artists media artists so collaborating different genre of artists using dance that's what i love about wow so it seems like we have a mutual love for collaboration working with other art forms and artists wonderful so how did you get into dance so talk to me about uh the first time you started dancing and and how you got from there to where you are today performing you know as your main line of work and and making a wonderful impact do you want to start on the channel <laughs> I, <laughs> I started dance was when I was high school. Okay. It was just a part of club activity. It's called bukatsu in Japanese, which after the school finish, the students gathers with the friends and do something. Um, so I was at the music major high school. So I was studying music to so composition and um, making music and my major was um, piano so practicing piano and everybody had to learn strings and so it was very serious music school but it was public school and I felt very very other people were so good so this my school was meant to shift to university, music university straight away, but I felt like maybe I am not very good at that. If I go this way, I probably would become music school, a music teacher at high school, probably, but I wasn't sure that's what I want to do. So then 
I saw like the dancing people at school and I thought why not joining that so that's when where I started so it was like nothing very um dance like dance dance um I don't know how to say elite dance um education or anything so it's just a club activity so that's where I started very interesting I like that <laughs> I like that you explored one pathway and when it didn't work, you chose another. I think that's very brave. So I just want to hear more about that. So beginning at the dance club, uh, how did you get from the dance club to where you are today? Yeah, that's... yeah. Um, <laughs> so there were two teachers. One was a PE teacher who teaches us and a guest teacher coming from outside. And they both graduated um, Japan... Um, Japanese co- Women's College of uh, Physical Education University. And then, so I thought, oh, maybe I want to study dance more. So I go to that university. So I went there and I joined another club, which was super intense and strict. And it was very, very difficult. So I thought, I want to quit. But the club was said saying I cannot quit unless I have important reason to quit the club which is you become so ill or you have to leave the university or maybe financially um, sustain so I had to find reason and then at that time I saw an audition notice from dance company called Nibro and I saw Nibro's work before and I was interested. So I thought maybe this is a chance. So I took work, I took audition and luckily I got that job. So then that's the chance that I could leave. And that's the my first career started as a professional dancer, which was quite very different jump from club to the professional stage. Very interesting journey. Thank you for sharing that, Anna. Uh, what about you, Ruchi? So uh, how, how, did, how did you begin dancing and how did you get from there to where yes. you are today? Okay. Um, I was actually surprised that Anna didn't start until you were a high school student. Cause, uh, That's correct. Because yeah, you're such a technically accomplished dancer. I just assumed like oh, like a majority fine. of the dancer you started like when you were three or four. Uh, yeah, so that's amazing. Um, so I came to dance like Anna at the later stage of my life uh, and I took my first dance class 30 years ago, which sounds like I've been dancing a lot, but I was already 26. So um, um, I was in Melbourne and I was enrolled in a uh, um, uh, course at Melbourne Uni and there was the um like again like Anna there was a student club called the Guild Dance Theatre I think it's uh, um now followed it but uh, they had the um lunchtime class every day one day I decided to um try the class although it took me three months to decide because uh, uh, I was new to Australia and because uh, I've never done the 
dance before, so I wasn't sure whether I could keep up with others. But finally, I am um, knock on the door of the dance studio and just fell in love that moment. And before that, I was typical um, Japanese salaryman or office worker, so my posture was terrible and my muscles are stiff. But uh, um, since that day, I participated in the lunchtime dance class for the year and a half. And also, uh, so that's when I discovered the joy of dancing. And also I participated in the stu um, annual student production. So I tasted a little bit of uh, um, joy of performing. So that's the, my first encounter with dance. Wow. It's fascinating that for you, Ruchi, dance introduced itself as a joyful experience, you know, the joy of performing. And for you, Anna, it introduced itself as an adventure that took you away from somewhere you didn't want to be. So a really <laughs> pleasant introduction. Yes. <laughs> Both of you mentioned that you really love to collaborate. And I know that you, Ruchi, love to collaborate on film projects so I'd love to hear more about what it's like to work on film projects and why you enjoy it so much uh, yeah um, I've, I've done just a few dance films uh, but I'm, I'm more of a I actually enjoy performing live on stage mm. than film mm. so, um, so so because of the COVID we haven't had the chance to perform for audience as much so i really miss the audience i'm sorry i'm not answering to your question but no, okay. i do right. it, i do enjoy um work working with uh, other performers and the directors and uh, like i know um, the artists from a different discipline uh, in mainly for uh, live performance productions well i want to hear more about the live performance productions because you really love those so talk to me about why um, performing is so special for you. What makes it so worthwhile? I think the, the connection I feel with the, the audience, and it's not always there, and sometimes you feel, or I feel, I fail to connect with the audience. Um, but I guess that's part of the challenge. Uh, I am not uh, like a natural born performer. Like I see the some people who are just so comfortable and so confident uh, to perform on stage. And I'm not like that. I'm going to um, feel nervous before I perform. And But it's just uh, when the performance goes well, I feel sense of connection with the the audience uh, and it's just that the joy from it is uh, um it's just not comparable mm. to anything else it's beautiful it is very beautiful and i'd love to hear if your experience matches up what makes dancing so worthwhile and special ah, for you special special oh, yeah. yes it's like it's like yeah, the experience of when I'm dancing is something completely different to the rest of the life. 
So like um, it's just the dimension change. So the volume of my body changes. The color of the what I see different. Then the how I feel the time is changed, and everything just different. But I'm living. Mm. So that's very special. That's、It's、well very... put. Yeah, yeah. So you go to. I, I say that's well put. Yes. So the the sense of living, I feel more alive、um, when I perform than doing anything else.、Uh, I've I've heard many descriptions of you know what it's like to be in the zone when you're performing and to really、uh, lose yourself and find yourself at the same time. But those are some really really beautiful ways to describe it. You're living, but your senses are different. It is a really, really special experience and a wonderful thing to be able to share with an audience that maybe you just met, but at the end of the night you feel as though you know them very well and that they know you very well. It's a very,、um, it's an act of courage, really sharing yourself in that way. Yeah, it's almost like a one night stand in a way. <laughs> When the performance is successful, you're having one night stand with. Your audience. Hopefully, they come and see you perform again, and <laughs> then there's a long, long relationship.、Mm. So, Anna, you wrote that you aspire to make work where the dancer's body becomes unseen through focus、mm. and technical、mm. skill. Oh yes, I'm, yes. I'm really fascinated by that idea of the dancer disappearing. And allowing、mm. the the dance to really shine. Talk to me about the dancer disappearing and how that works. Mm. Mm. From my experience, when I'm practicing choreography, and if I make a really good score, to make my body so conscious about the score, the my body change completely. So and also audience can see that. So when I choreograph other dancers, and when I'm watching from outside, when it works, that really dancers like metamorphosis, like change from normal human shape, and I can see something else. So that's how I am very interested that the presence of that.、Um, I mean, person is there, but it's. Just not there. The edge of the shape of body, like just changes and disappears. Yeah, I really. The reason I really loved the description was it reminded me of when you're serving a greater purpose than yourself or something bigger than yourself. The ego kind of fades away, and the 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 mission is greater than the individual. So it seems like. The dance is so important that it becomes bigger than you, and that's a really, really, really beautiful thing. Ruchi, do you think that it's always important to choreograph your own dances, or do you think that you can just dance or just choreograph, and they're both just powerful on their own?、Um, unlike Anna, who is the Accomplished choreographer.、Um, I'm really. I have a little experience as a choreographer, and I said I enjoy 
performing and for long time I thought I'm just happy to be a performer and serving other as choreographers or directors and but when I did the project with the, the force majeure called um, Culminate that's the um, choreographic love in 2011-12 then artistic director Kate Champion um, at the wrap-up party of the production, uh, she encouraged me uh, to make my own work solo. She said, oh, you should make it solo because you have a unique presence. And I had her word at the back of my mind, but I thought, no, I'm just happy. I just cannot um, um, hold the entire space by myself. Uh, so I cannot, I don't want to do it solo and I don't want to show my own work, uh, but then three years later, um, 2014, that was the year I turned 50. So I thought I should make at least one work, my own choreography. So I went back to the Kate and then um, she gave me a few tips uh, and I made this 10 minute solo just to commemorate uh, um, having lived for half century. And and Kate kindly included this solo um, in her company's program. So it was presented at the Carriage Works. Uh, and, uh, and because it's such a good, um, great venue, I think I got kicked out of it. So I continued to um, create more um, yeah. solos. Uh, what about you, Anna? So uh, describe to me what you're doing when you're choreographing uh, a dance project. Talk us through that process. Uh, I often create choreography using my body first. Can, mm. can I ask a question, Diana? So of the, course, yeah. do you, you said you create a choreography. So do you create the, the movement or phrase first and show it to your dancer or dancers uh, and then let mm. them copy or you you give them more like a, a you use the word the score like a mm. task or what's what's your <laughs> process and I, I, yes. I acknowledge uh, that it's it can be different project by project. Uh-huh. So when I build um, choreography, first I start with score. So I try with my body, try and error to develop solid score that works best for my body. So then um, I give the score to the dancers as well as I show for them to copy. Mm. And then put, let them learn the score as well as movement to study what works in, with, within their body. Mm. Anna, by score, do you mean the rhythm or the melody or? It can be. Either or the or the mapping of the space or can be the sound. Okay. Yeah, that's something I realized because of I studied music. Um, actually, when I make dance, it's very much music. Um, similar. It's very interesting that it begins as an idea. It goes through you. You add your uniqueness to it, and then it goes through your dancers, and they add their uniqueness to it. I see a very very amazing parallel between choreographing and teaching where as a teacher because I, I teach English in high schools 
I can just tell my students what to do, and that would be choreography where you're saying, do this in this way. Or I can call their best ideas out of them and encourage them to find their own way of doing it. And that sounds like the choreography where you're saying, this is the idea, find your way into it. So it sounds like being a great choreographer would make you a great teacher. <laughs> Ruchi, um, yes. I want to ask you about your dance project, Fall Falter Dance. Mm -hmm. it's, been it's been described as both tender and comical. And I'm okay. fascinated yeah. by that balance. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by that balance of seriousness and vulnerability yeah. as well as yeah. comedy. So how do you balance humor and and seriousness in your dance and why? Why uh, do you do that? Okay. Um, I don't know how, but um, Fall for the Dance is my third solo, which I've been working for the ages because Anna, um, so mm. the uh, yes, work, yes. work in I progress version like two and a half years ago, and I'm still working on it. And it was going to be premiered uh, for, well, soft premiere for Bondi Festival and in early mm. July. And then when the New South Wales went into lockdown, and it was meant to be just for two weeks. So I thought um, I had a premiere. Uh, I had uh, this work to be premiered for Sydney Fringe in September. So I thought, oh, okay, Bondi Festival cancelled, but I still have a Sydney Fringe now. <laughs> Here we are, three months into the lockdown. So um, I don't think I can perform this work uh, until 2022, hopefully. Anyway, so the, it's uh, based on my personal experience and I don't intend any of my work to be comical or funny, but I guess when you are vulnerable or when you are honest in your storytelling, there's always humor in it. Yeah, that's a very apt observation. Yeah. Um, Although, sorry, um, even though I said I don't, um, I don't try to be funny, but uh, yeah. it, it's, it may sound contradictory, but I get the kick when I get laugh. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a pleasure to make the audience laugh. And I guess you, you don't really know until you perform something what, how people will respond. Because exactly. I've often ri written poems that I think are super serious. And then I say a line that I'm like, this is a really serious line. And then everyone starts giggling. I'm like, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't the goal here. But I guess you, you give the art and then people respond how they like and you learn. It's, it's a dialogue and that's beautiful. Yeah, um, I totally um, sympathize with your experience because when I'm writing the script, I kind of anticipate how audience would react, respond, and uh, half of the time you're right, oh, I'm right, and the other half are just totally wrong in my expectation. Yeah. And you learn a lot so every time. So, Anna, I'd love to hear about, uh, I know that you founded Murasaki Penguin. Uh, I'd love to hear about that project and, and what you do there and, and why it's important to you. Mm. I met my collaborator called David Kirkpatrick in 2009. That was through the dance company called Nibro. I talked earlier, the 
the touring to Australia, collaborate with、uh, Shopfront Youth Theatre. And he was working for Shopfront, and I met him. And we, yeah, I'm interested in him, his music. And so this, we decided to make work together. And it was initially, I make dance, he make visual and sound, and we perform. And, and it was cool. And, but as, as we developed, or maybe five years later, Our work more and more shifted.、Um, rather than we start separately, we start together. So he actually danced what I choreograph. So I test first with him, <laughs> with my choreography. And also I make sound more.、Um, and yeah, so visual, also visual scores. And so we really start. The same level, and also we decided we don't start making straight away. So we start really, we, we take really long time to develop ideas first. Like we used to just go into the studio and make, but、um, it, start, like, it started changing about five years later. Yeah, so currently we are in Japan to、um, run an art space in Yokohama. So, currently、uh, developing the building,、um, it's a construction stage.、Uh, it's a downstairs building, so digging a soil, and they finished digging soil and now putting the metal in the concrete. The, the, it's really beautiful, a lot of this same metal. I don't know how to call it in English, but. So, yeah, so involved with the architecture,、uh, architecture company called、um, Kengo Kuma、um, Design, which、uh, they designed the Olympic Stadium. So, those、um, uh, Kengo Kuma and Toshiki Meijo, he's the partner, assistant, and Tanokuchi san I'm working with. And it's really different.、Um, Very, very different、um, to what I previously worked project. So I'm learning. And congratulations on being able to take your art to Japan and add,、mm. add the elements of stage design to your company. And that'll be a great experience, I'm sure.、Um, Ruchi, I'd love to hear about the influence.、Uh, would you say that Western Sydney as a place, a culture, Has influenced your work? And if so, how? How has it influenced your work? Performing or working or rehearsing in West Sydney, I took, I catch a, a train from Central. So it's about 30 minutes ride. And I love being on the train. So that I use the,、um, the 30 minutes train ride as a、um, meditative place and just to.、Um, Collect my thought or just to、uh, mentally prepare for the day. And the, the disaffected that I、um, worked on uh, uh, in Blacktown 2016, that's one of the 
few most memorable performance work and also Blacktown Arts Centre. It's such a small but intimate, beautiful space and I loved working in that centre. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, it is a beautiful centre. Absolutely. Anna, what about you? How has Western Sydney influenced your, your work, your mm, practice? A lot, a lot. Because um, I was li- living for six, seven years in Liverpool, just just um, until two weeks ago. Wow. Um, and I, the, the reason why we decided to move there was because um, we often worked with Katsura Powerhouse, but later, not, but um, I felt safe. Uh, although very dangerous sometimes. <laughs> so um, the, the reason why I felt safe uh, was, I think, so many um, diversity of people. And um, I just thought that's the right place to live. Yeah, it's odd. It has warts and all, but... Uh, there's a community for everyone in Western Sydney and it is a very special place and full of art and creativity and diversity and that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, um, also, um, Anna yeah. mentioned the diversity of the people. Um, the audience was different when I performed um, uh, at the Blacktown... No, Blacktown. Is it Blacktown? Yes, Blacktown Art Centre. Um, yeah, so it was a contemporarily devised performance work and in the city area usually contemporary um, performance audience it's a young audience but uh, we have a lot of uh, seniors by seniors I mean uh, around my age because I'm well into the middle age Um, so the, uh, the Indian especially Indian and the Filipino people from in their 40s, 50s and 60s and yeah, they were very enthusiastic and after the show a lot of them came uh, to me and we had a good chat uh, about the work. Uh-huh. It's really interesting to hear the difference in demographic, yeah. So uh, we always like to end this show by asking if there's someone sitting at home in Western Sydney and they're really inspired by your contemporary dance practice and your story, and they want to start getting into dance, uh, what piece of advice would you have for them? So I'd love to hear from both of you. Uh, well, right now, uh, <laughs> we're still in lockdown, so it might be a bit difficult, but the, once the lockdown is over, yeah, um, go out and come to the classes and that's the great way to meet other peers and you know other aspiring dancers or emerging artists um that's how i trained myself as an artist i think i encourage go for it <laughs> because when you felt oh i want to do this yeah why not i i want to encourage Mm. At the same time, if uh, I feel this place is maybe uncomfortable, then get out. I encourage that too, to trust the instinct. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, so get out there. Why not, you know, follow your instincts and get out there, get a community, go to classes 
and give it your best shot. You have nothing to to lose and it's a very rewarding journey as we've seen. So thank you so much, Anna. Thank you so much, Ruchi. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. Um, you. And I wish you the very best on your creative journeys. Enjoy Japan, Anna. Thank you. You've been listening to Formidables, a podcast series commissioned and produced by Form Dance Projects. We thank Riverside Theatres, Diversity Arts and Information Cultural Exchange for their partnership. And we thank the Crown Resort, the Packer Foundation and Create New South Wales for making this possible. I hope you all feel inspired and excited. Stay creative and stay tuned. Thank you.